Well, hello, Exchange Church. My name is Pastor Mark. Welcome. Along with my beautiful wife, Pastor Ellie, we are the pastors here. I want to say right from the beginning, if you're new, welcome. And if you're regular or new, happy Valentine's Day. What a great day for romance, a great day for a nice restaurant and a meal. I know we can go out and eat in restaurants now. In fact, quick story, when Ellie and I first got to America, we had our first Valentine's Day uh, in Houston and we were used to and accustomed to where we're from in Australia in being in restaurants with beautiful views across the ocean and amazing uh, places and sights. And we get to Houston and our friend recommended that we go to a local restaurant. Apparently it was all the vibe. And so we got there and it was dark, it was dingy, it was a very horrible experience. But we learnt from that and we moved on and we continue to be married today. So it was a strike against my name, but we survived. And so here we are. Uh, I'm excited for today's word. And I'm believing for God to speak to people today. I'm believing that once again at Exchange Church, we're not just speaking to the fruit of what's going on in our world today, but we're speaking to the heart and the root of the issue. When you go to the doctor, you talk about what's happening, but he gives you the medication so that you can get better. And the medication goes after the root of the issue. And so as a church, that's our heart. And we believe that's exactly what Jesus does. He starts with the heart and he works from the inside out to change us. Not like how the world or the law would want to change us from the outside in, but Jesus changes us from the inside out. So let me pray. God, we thank you for your word today. We pray, God, that it transforms people's lives. And we pray that it shall not return void, and we declare that. And Lord, we thank you again, Lord, for the faithful people of exchange every week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you were planning to be or remain in a long-term relationship, then this message is for you today. If you, if you are struggling in a long-term relationship with someone, then this message is for you. It's also, if you are one day would love to be or like to be in a relationship, in a long-term relationship with someone, then this message is also for you. And so I'd like to start with a scripture and it's 1 Corinthians 13 verse seven and it says this, love never gives up. What a great scripture for Valentine's Day. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And here's one for the fellas, is love is like Rocky, doesn't quit. Love just doesn't quit. It's like punching a piece of iron, just doesn't quit. But there seems to be, in my experience, especially in this last COVID season, a lot of people that are going through some hard times in a relationship. Seems to be a lot of quitting, a lot of blocking and unfriending. And I'm not just talking about marriages and not just talking about uh, relationships within the work environment, but relationships within the church environment. Seems to be a lot of that kind of stuff. If you look across and you hear what's happening at a local and potentially at a global level, a lot of people seem to be giving up just quitting because it's easier just to block someone and just to get them to be silent. It's just easy to make my life more peaceful. A lot of that seems to be going around right now. And what I've found is that usually when a relationship comes to the end, there seems to be a similar theme uh, that runs through them all. 
And I preached about this last week, and if you want to hear that, you can go back on a YouTube channel, but it's, it's this, basically summed up in one sentence, when love ends, self begins. That seems to be a common theme of what's happening. Here's the, the, the quote that I, that I said last week, it's the point at which our love for others ends is the same point at which selfishness begins. It's almost, I will love you up until a certain point, but when I get inconvenienced or frustrated, or when it's no longer easy, it's at that point my love ends. It seems that my selfishness takes over because it doesn't fit my narrative, it doesn't fit my circumstance or my situation anymore. But this week, let's even add to that a little bit more. When we come to the end of our capacity to love, forgive, and repent, usually it's the beginning of our anger or our hate and separation. Usually when we come to that place, my capacity to love someone or to forgive them or to repent, usually it's at the big, that, that is the beginning of when I start getting angry, I start getting frustrated, I start hating, and usually there's disunity and that's when separation takes place within the relationship. But there is hope. And I want you to hear this, listen to these words very carefully. When love ends, self begins. Did you catch that? When, when my love ends, uh, a self begins, it's when I usually take over. But when self ends, Christ begins. Galatians 2.20 says this, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, paraphrased. What am I saying? Is that when love ends, self begins, and when self ends, Christ begins. Is that at the end of myself, when I give myself over to Christ, it's when he takes over and then I become a co-heir in the promises that God has for me. I become a partner with him in seeing the kind of fruit that I wanna see in my life. People want healthy relationships. People want healthy families and they want healthy marriages. They also wanna be part of a healthy church culture. But often what happens is we get to a point where our love runs out we reach the edge or, the, or our capacity and then we start to flip over into selfishness and that's when we start getting frustrated, we start getting angry, we start saying things that we shouldn't, we start doing things that we shouldn't and ultimately it leads to division and separation. By the way, that's the enemy's plan. He wants to divide and separate and ultimately separate us from God. But if, if we are planning to, re, to be or remain in a long-term relationship with people, then there's something that we will need to acknowledge. And this is gonna sound real simple, but we need to acknowledge this. If we don't acknowledge this, then what we'll find is that there's going to be a lot of frustration within the relationship and we might find ourselves caught off guard. But here it is. If we wanna be or remain in a long-term relationship, then there's something that we need to acknowledge. They are going to make mistakes. And you also are going to make mistakes. And also, they are going to say and do things that are going to hurt you and frustrate you. Maybe those things that they say and do will break your heart. Maybe your heart has been broken. Maybe there's moments where you feel trapped and stuck, and that happens. But I've often found this, is that the expectation on another person to be perfect is an unrealistic expectation. 
And so when I have that unrealistic expectation, then it just sets the relationship up for disaster. And what's equally as stressful and, and painful is when that expectation is unspoken and the other person doesn't know about it and all of a sudden I hold them to account to that standard. But then when they break that standard or they break my trust, the relationship falls apart. And so am I, am I prophesying that, I, that, that, that they're going to hurt you and make mistakes? Am I prophesying that that's gonna happen? No. Am I, am I even wanting that to happen? Absolutely not. But wisdom and experience would tell me that, if, that we would need to be prepared for this to happen in a relationship. Now here, if I could uh, pretty much sum this whole message up in these next two statements, this would be it, is God's love never fails. God's love never fails, but we do. We fail. Um, this is gonna be a little wordy, but listen to it very carefully. And because we fail, forgiveness and repentance are just as important as love is in a relationship. See, we think it's all about the love. We think it's all about everything being in that honeymoon stage where everything has to be perfect. And, and of course, it would be fantastic if it would be like that, but unfortunately, that's not the reality. And the, and the truth is this, is because we don't love with the same love that God loves us, because our love is partial, because our love is conditional, because our love is incomplete, Therefore, there will be moments where the other person will say and do things that will go beyond your capacity to love them. And guess what? It's at that point you need the backup plan. And the backup plan is repentance and it's forgiveness. And it's at that point where it will be able to keep you back in that healthy place of relationship with that other person. You know, the truth is this. You have to understand this is that your relationship, it's normal to go through hard times. There are two people who have lived their whole life, a man and a woman, growing up in two very different families. And you find yourself getting to this place called the altar and you're at the wedding altar and you're saying your vows. But there is years of life, decisions, beliefs, convictions, and then you bring those two people together and they live in the same house, under the same roof. There is going to be tension. There's going to be frustration. They will say things, they will do things that will hurt you. And that's why when we, uh, love is not, not just the only thing that we need to be part of a marriage, but we also need forgiveness and we need repentance to be part of that relationship so that when we come across those hard times, we are able to still flourish and stay on track and keep going forward. You know, I just think it would be crazy uh, to think that we could stay in that place, uh, that cloud nine of, of, uh, of honeymoon relationship, and it's wonderful, but we need to ask God for help with the strength of his love in our relationships, especially in the hard times. God is faithful and he will give us that love so that we can get through and overcome all of the obstacles that we face. Uh, here's a, a, li a little illustration for you. Uh, for those of you who are, who are listening that are not from America and you're listening from uh, somewhere else in the world, I believe we have about five or 6,000 people uh, from the Philippines that listen every week. That's a little joke there. I'm not sure if they're bots or not, but we, we do have about five or 6,000 people from the Philippines that like our Instagram page. But 
I was at the Hickory Pits, a little old-timer restaurant in Walnut Creek, and I sat down and I was having breakfast one morning, I'd been there a bunch of times, and I looked across at a table and I saw a, an elderly couple, and I noticed something. They didn't speak the whole time. It was silent, it was very cute, but it was very silent. I wondered and it, to myself, where's their relationship at? Not one word was exchanged in almost the two hours that I was there. But once their meal was finished and the bill was paid, then the man stood up, he walked around to the other side of the table, he pulled out the woman's chair, helped her up, he grabbed her jacket and he put a jacket on, he grabbed her handbag and then he gave her the handbag and then he escorted her out to the door and he walked her through and then he grabbed the door to the restaurant, opened it up and then he walked and I watched, I could see out the window, he went to the parking lot and he opened the car door and she sat in and sat in the parking lot, uh, sat in the car and then they drove off and I thought to myself, there is a man that knows how to say yes dear. There is a man who understands the importance of forgiveness and repentance in a relationship. If that relationship is going to flourish and it's going to mature and it's going to develop, then these two principles, not just love alone, but repentance and forgiveness, those things are part of our relationship. They have a much higher chance of survival and flourishing than a relationship that just has love. If forgiveness and repentance and not part of your relationship, then your relationships will be short-lived. It's simply that true. If you don't have forgiveness, and if you haven't grown and matured in forgiveness and repentance, then when the challenging times come, it's going to be really hard because selfishness kicks in. We start becoming very self-centered. It's all about us, it's all about me. And what happens? things start to break apart. If you have that if you have not developed forgiveness, if you have not worked on the capacity to forgive and the capacity to repent, then you're in for a rocky road. But when you develop those things, the relationship can flourish. It can get back to the place that God intended and that you believed for. Now, once again, acknowledging that people are going to make mistakes, they're going to mess up, they're gonna say things and they're gonna do things that will frustrate you. I wanna say this, you know, that is not a profound statement or a profound thought. I'm not bringing some fresh revelation from God here, brand new rhema that you've never heard before. But you know what, it's, it's, it's not profound, but it's usually not considered. And the reason I know that is because being a pastor, when you deal with people's marriages and you have those conversations, Often, the person is taken off guard. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe that they would hurt me like that. Well, I don't understand how someone's humanity can be a surprise. And this is why we have to acknowledge this stuff right up front from the very beginning so that when these hard times come, we're prepared and we're equipped to be able to forgive quickly to be able to repent swiftly so that we can keep moving forward and the relationship doesn't get stuck. You know, I, I believe in this. God brought people together, brings people together for a reason. There's a purpose to those relationships. There's a purpose to your marriage. And when we discover that purpose and we begin to operate, we can see 10,000 put to flight for God. You know, Ellie and I, we're not a perfect marriage. We're not a perfect couple, but we together do what God has called us to do. It would be such a shame if one of us or both of us never developed the maturity to repent or to forgive, we would be stuck. 
we would stay at that same point, but God doesn't want that. And that's why God gives us these weapons of forgiveness and repentance so that we can go forward. This is important. If our forgiveness is connected to the severity of sin, if our forgiveness is connected to the severity of sin and not the sovereignty of our savior, then it will be selective and conditional at best. Does that make sense? That means that we should view sin exactly the way God views sin, equal. All sin in God's eyes is equal, but we don't do that. What we do is we create a system where some sins are higher than the other or, or more important or more devastating or frustrating than the other. No, all sin in God's eyes is equal and needs to be forgiven and repented of. And so I believe we should take that same attitude. If our forgiveness is connected to the severity of a sin and not the sovereignty of our savior, then we will be selective and we will be conditional in the way that we forgive people. In fact, the chances are we'll say, we'll forgive you, but we don't forget it. We store it up and we remember. But true forgiveness doesn't do that. Maybe in a relationship, uh, you're in a relationship and the other person wasn't faithful. And I'm not gonna pretend right now that I understand that. Uh, thank God, Ellie and I, by the grace of God, have had a, a, continue to have a wonderful, healthy marriage that is, I believe, that God is using for His purposes. But uh, I, can, I can only imagine uh, someone having to go through the pain of a divorce or the pain and the frustration of someone being uh, unfaithful. It would be like a, a stone being cast into a pond and the moment it hits the water is likened to the event that took place that broke the trust in the relationship. And then not just the, the stone hitting the water and having to deal with that crisis. At first we think it's just about that one big crisis, but then we realize when that stone hits the water, it creates ripples. And those ripples are like waves that keep coming. We have to keep going through the emotion of what happened. Maybe, I don't know, I can only imagine what it would be like having to go to a wedding for the first time as someone who was single again, who had just gone through a devastating divorce. What would that be like? And how hard that would be having to, again, learn how to repent and learn how to forgive. Maybe I can only imagine what it'd be like to have to move out into a separate home and be by yourself and feel lonely. I can imagine that would be incredibly tough and incredibly hard, but thank God for forgiveness and thank God for repentance. I can only imagine uh, having, if you're a woman, having to change your last name. I can only imagine having to have the conversations with your kids. You know, it's our human nature to categorize sin. What I'm saying is this, is that the enemy wants to come in and steal, kill and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy our relationships. Why? Because if he can disunify us and he can separate us and he can break us down, ultimately he can cut off the blessing and the favor of God that God has for us. Because the Bible says, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. And so God gives us these tools of forgiveness and repentance. He gives us these weapons so that the relationship can get healthy. You know what, even as I just mentioned, even if you've gone through something devastating, the breakdown, of a marriage or relationship. Don't carry that burden with you. Give that over to God. Give that burden, that frustration, give that pain, 
learn and believe in faith that you can cast that onto him, your worries and your concerns, and God can set you free of that mess and begin to release you into a new season that God has for you. Thank God for Jesus because there's hope in the resurrection of Christ. We live in a society right now where we categorize sin. I don't know why, maybe it's because we live in a society that is governed by laws. And those laws, the laws of the land, uh, if they are broken, then they are judged in a court of law. And the punishment must fit the crime. And that's our mentality. And so that's why we categorize, because maybe potentially it's cultural, maybe potentially it's just the way that we've been brought up and we've been uh, built, uh, our family has been built on a fair culture instead of a grace culture, where a fair culture is you get what you deserve, but a grace culture is you get what you don't deserve because grace intervenes because of who Jesus is. And I don't know if that's what it is, but we are held as men and women of God to a higher account, and that is the law of Christ. We're not, we're not living accord to, uh, according to the punishment must fit the crime. No, we, we have the power of forgiveness, the power of forgiveness. I remember having a conversation one time this was with a, a young man in his late 20s. I remember him telling me the story about uh, not really knowing his father, never meeting his father actually, and, and I asked him some questions and, you know, what would that be? Do you have any interest to meet him? And his, and his response was not really. And, and, I, and I remember asking him, what would it be like if uh, you did get to meet him one day? And he said, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what he would say, what he would do. And I said, I'm, that's not what I mean. So what I mean is this, imagine if he was living in guilt and shame because of, uh, of what happened. And, and you have the power of forgiveness to give to him. And you can say, you know what, Dad, I'm sorry. Imagine the freedom and, the, and the, the, the breakthrough that this young man carried that he could offer to his father. It's a weapon that we have that God has given us. What am I saying? A healthy relationship doesn't just work at growing in love, but also at growing in forgiveness and repentance. A healthy relationship is not all about trying to grow in love. Although that is beautiful, let's grow in love. But it's also about growing in forgiveness and repentance. And like I said at the very start, 1 Corinthians 13, 7 is love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures. Love endures through every circumstance. That is the characteristic, the characteristics and the attributes of love that we see in 1 Corinthians. My heart is this, is that we would be that church and we would be those kinds of people that whatever life throws at us, that we have the capacity and the maturity to go through and endure tough seasons in our relationships so that we can see the fruit that God has for us. Tough times are coming. Great relationships are a work of art because of the tough times that they've been able to endure through on a foundation of love, using the weapons of forgiveness and repentance. You know, uh, I, I had a job in Australia. I had a job. I've referred to it many times before. I was a docksman. And it was uh, right about the time in the late 90s when the foot and mouth disease with cows broke out in Europe. And so any import export 
that was coming in, any import that was coming into Australia, there was an organization called Aquas, Australian Quarantine Inspection Services. And the responsibility of Aquas was to uh, look uh, get these containers, look under containers. Containers at the bottom have these things called cross members, that's what the floorboards sit on and four corner castings, very simple. And what would happen is the dirt from different countries and sometimes uh, live animals or creatures would live under these containers. And so because of foot and mouth disease, they had to be quarantined and someone had to go underneath with a high powered gurney kind of water gun thing. And this gurney was so high powered, it had the ability to cut concrete. <laughs> and someone would have to go underneath and clear out all of the gunk into a uh, quarantine, into a, uh, a treatment, and that would get rid of all of the bad stuff. And so the job was offered to me, I already had a different job as a marine cargo surveyor, but I had got offered this job to do it. And I decided to do it, it was bigger pay, and it was uh, the night shift, unfortunately. And I remember getting this job, and they said to me, it's a really easy job, all you have to do, it takes about five minutes per container, you get underneath, you just spray the dirt off, it takes about five minutes, and then you walk away. You'll only get about five containers a shift as well on an eight to 10 hour shift. And I thought, this is brilliant. I'm not gonna be hardly working at all, and I'll have so much free time to myself. Well, it turns out on the first night, I, st I started this job, I went underneath this container with this high powered gurney gun, and I saw all of this dirt. It wasn't dirt, it was like it was concrete. I shot at this dirt and the dirt, not only did I get the dirt, but the dirt bounced off the other cross member and went straight back into my face. I still don't know to this day where I've got foot and mouth disease. Um, I don't think I do because I've been tested to get into America, but I remember it took me hours. And there wasn't five containers that came in that night. There was about 50 containers that came in that night. And it wasn't an eight to 10 hour shift that I worked. I think I worked for about 15 to 16 hours nonstop. It was unbelievably horrific. I went home and I said to Ellie, never will I set foot in a shipping container yard ever again. And Ellie said, wise words, just give it a chance, give it a shot, let's give it a week. Let's make a decision after a week. Just endure, just for a little bit of time and let's see what's happened. I said, you know what, that's cute that you would say that. What did you have for dinner tonight? Because let me interrupt you right there. I had dirt for dinner, foot and mouth dessert, uh, dirt from Europe. <laughs> it was horrible. But once again, Ellie's wise words rung true. And so I endured. Well, it turns out after a couple of weeks, I got the hang of how to shoot the dirt, not get it back in my face. And true to form, the, and true to word, the, there was only about five containers that would come in a night. What that meant was this is that I was getting a much higher pay and I was also given a load more of free time which the bosses were totally okay with. What did I do with that? I dedicated that to reading my word, writing messages. I was able to make discipleship phone calls to people in church to catch up with people. It positioned me perfectly. Thank God that I endured that first night. And you know what is also profound is because it did pay a lot of money, it actually set me up to go into Bible college which set me up to go into ministry with Ellie in Australia, which set me up to therefore one day travel across the Pacific Ocean to Texas and serve at a church for four years, which set me up to come to San Francisco and serve at another wonderful church in the Bay Area for two and a half years. That set me up 
to start Exchange Church with Pastor Ellie and stand here today right now as a testimony of the faithfulness of God because I made a decision to endure that first season. I wonder if I'd be standing here right now. I wonder if you chose to endure where your marriage and your relationships would be at if you just trusted God with forgiveness and repentance. I wonder what fruit could be produced in your marriages and relationships. Forgiveness, Matthew 18, 21, verse 20 to, to verse 22 says, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven, 70 times. Basically, what that means is an unlimited amount of forgiveness. So what I did is I looked up and I times out seven times 70. It equals 490. And then I looked up the biblical definition of the numerical number and the significance of 490 in the Bible. And it means basically this, is stop being a crybaby, put your big boy pants on, grow up and mature and forgive people. That's what it means literally in the original Hebrew translation. No, it doesn't, I just made that up. But in fact, I did make a joke there. I went to go back into scripture and actually looked it up online the number 490 and seven times 70 actually has a whole bunch of spiritual significance as to what Jesus was referring to. In fact, you can look at Genesis 4, 23 to 24, basically said is that, is Lamech is talking about, um, if someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished seven times 70. And I thought, man, Jesus just aren't, isn't making this stuff up. Maybe Jesus wasn't telling us to forgive because it was the righteous thing to do. Maybe Jesus was telling us to forgive because it's the smart thing to do, because he understands the impact of marriage or a relationship that doesn't have forgiveness and repentance as part of its foundation. He understands the impact, the destruction. He understands that not just when the stone first hits the water, but the ripples that have caused the impact on, on kids and family and so forth, the endless battles that go on. And, and, and Jesus understands this at the foundational level. He's not just saying that this is a righteous idea. He's saying this is a smart idea. You know, one of the attributes of, of love in, in 1 Corinthians, 13.5 is this, is love keeps no record of being wronged. Love keeps no record of being wronged. But sadly, a nasty habit that we develop within our relationships is we keep accounts. I've got a friend who has a lot of bank accounts. He has one bank account, but he has a lot of accounts under that bank account, and that's how he does his budgeting. I think it's pretty cool. But what we do in our relationships, whether it be a marriage or a relationship, a friend, uh, a work acquaintance, we tend, to, we tend to keep an account. We keep a, a bitterness account. We tend to, it's our human nature to keep an offense account. We keep a, how much you did and do versus how much I did and do account. That way that I can monitor the relationships so it's fair. We also keep a grace account. We don't keep a grace account because that person deserves, we're working out how much that person deserves. No, we keep a grace account because we're working how much we're gonna give that person whether we think they deserve it or not. Same with forgiveness. We keep an account. Well, 
I'm sorry, the forgiveness account has run dry. You don't deserve any forgiveness because you've been given enough forgiveness already. No, the word of God says seven times 70, meaning basically goes on forever and ever. Love keeps no record of being wronged. In fact, Psalm 103 verse 12 says, he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. That's how far our sins have been removed. He forgets them. Why are we remembering them? God forgets our sins. We should forget and forgive. When we forgive, we are forgetting. We are laying that down. It's a brand new start. True forgiveness, true repentance. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples. And within the 12, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there were an inner three, Peter, James, and John. They were the ones that were close to him. And I've always thought the reason Jesus uh, chose Peter, James, and John was because of their integrity, because of their capacity, their maturity. It's because of their gifts, their talents, their marvelousness, their boldness, their connections, their relationships. All of these different things are the reasons why I thought that they were collected. But maybe one of the reasons that Jesus had them close was not just because of their gifts and talents, but was also because of their humanity so that we could see Jesus demonstrate forgiving Peter after Peter denied him three times. We could see. Now let's have a look. Uh, actually looked up uh, what their humanity was like. Uh, Peter, he has a big mouth. In fact, he would often challenge Jesus and he stepped out of two perfectly good boats. Uh, he, Peter lopped off uh, a soldier's ear in the garden before Jesus was arrested. So he was a hothead. He was a wild child. Peter denied Jesus three times. James, uh, when a Samaritan village rejected Jesus, uh, uh, James and John, do you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to call down fire from heaven on that village. <laughs> and then they got the nickname uh, Bonages, which is Sons of Thunder. This is the nickname that they got. You know, James, you know, he, uh, he was nowhere to be found during Jesus' cru uh, crucifixion. Nowhere to be found. And, and these are guys that Jesus chose as his inner three. Uh, John, John and his brother uh, offended the apostles. How did they offend him when their mum, because their mum asked Jesus for, a, for, the, for the best seats in the house where, and they could sit next to Jesus in the throne room. And, and this caused great dissension amongst the disciples. You know, they all fell asleep. Peter, James and John, he, Jesus asked them to pray in the garden of Gethsemane. He knew what was about to happen. He was sweating blood. What do Peter, James and John do? They fall asleep. So my thought is this, is maybe we think, we think that uh, they were chosen because of how gifted they are, but maybe they were chosen to show, to, to see Jesus demonstrate what true forgiveness is, what true forgiveness is. Obviously Jesus doesn't need to repent because he did not sin, but he was showing them, modeling it, forgiving them. I can only imagine what went through Peter, his head and his heart when Jesus forgave him three times after he had denied him three times. And then upon this rock, I shall build my church. And the church 2000 years later is still going strong, still changing people's lives, still feeding homeless people. It's still healing the sick, still healing marriages. 2000 years later, Jesus chose Peter to, upon that rock to build his church with Jesus as the cornerstone, Jesus at the foundation. 
all these years later, here we are still moving forward as a church, but it was built on an unhealthy, it was built on a very passionate man, a very humane man. You know what? But because if we bring that into our relationships, if we bring a strong love, we bring a strong sense of forgiveness and a strong sense of repentance, I wonder how much further and how much more fruit there is to be produced in these relationships. I wonder how much relationships have been put on hold and stuck because of a forgiveness or a repentance issue. I'm believing today that this message is going to break you free, break that relationship free to keep going forward. Here's a quick short story. The eagle does not fight the snake on the ground. It picks it up into the sky and changes the battleground. And then it releases the snake into the sky. The snake has no uh, stamina and no power and no balance in the air. It is useless, weak and vulnerable, unlike on the ground where it is powerful, wise and deadly. Take your fight into the spiritual realm by praying, and when you're in the spiritual realm, God takes over your battles. Don't fight the enemy in his comfort zone. Change the battleground like the eagle and let God take charge of your earnest prayers. You'll be assured of a clean victory. What's at the foundation of repentance? What is, what is at the foundation of forgiveness? Love. We need to change the battleground. Maybe it's time to stop fighting uh, the relationships in your life on your terms and in your timing, but take it to spiritual ground. It's time to just stop fighting these relationships in your own timing and in your own terms and start bringing that and taking that relationship to spiritual ground. Maybe it's time to take this relationship that you've got, this marriage, time to take it to God. Maybe it's time to take it to prayer. Maybe it's time, I don't know, maybe it's time for you to step out in faith and forgive. Maybe it's time for you to actually repent, to say, you know what, I'm sorry. This relationship for the sake of the kingdom has to go forward. Maybe it's time to trust and catch this one. Maybe it's time to trust that forgiveness and repentance says nothing about what happened and everything about our trust and faith in him. I want to say that one more time. Maybe it's time to trust that our forgiveness and repentance says nothing about what happened. When you forgive and you repent, it says nothing about what happened. And it says everything about your trust and your faith in Him. Maybe it's time we had that level of faith and trust in Him with the weapons that God has given us so that we can go forward in what God's called us to do. I don't know if this is for someone out there today. I don't know if this, maybe you felt like you've missed God's will because you've been so caught up for so long. I encourage you with this. You know what? Here's the easiest response to God's will. Just keep saying yes. Just keep saying yes to Jesus. Just keep saying wherever you want me to go, God, whatever you want me to do, I just respond with yes. You know, I want to encourage you today is this. Allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to your heart about some of the relationships. For some of you right now, even right now, you, uh, you can feel people start switching off. No, no, I'm not gonna go there, I'm not gonna do that. It's been said before, it's been done before. But allow the Holy Spirit, uh, give that timing back over to Him. Uh, give that, that frustration and that anger over to Him. 
Take it to spiritual ground. Stop trying to do it in the natural. Give it to God. Let him fight your battles. And when you give that over to him, he will give you the capacity to love, not with a partial love, not with a conditional love, but with a love that comes from him. He'll give you that, that, that strength to be able to rise up and to be able to say, you know what? I know that this, uh, this forgiveness says nothing about what happened to me. And this repentance says nothing about what happened to me, but this is all about God trusting in you. God is a God that we can trust. God is present, Jesus is here, he's alive and he's not dead. My prayer is this for you today, is that you would take this message to your heart and you would see in 2021, true breakthrough in your relationships and in your marriage as we keep going forward as a church. Let me just pray right now. God, I just thank you for awesome women and men of God. God, I pray, Lord, that as this word begins to soak in and challenge us, Lord, in places that maybe we haven't allowed you to challenge us for a long time, God, I pray that there would be breakthrough. I pray that there would be obedience. I pray, Lord, that we would respond swiftly. And Lord, I pray that we would respond wisely, that you would give us the wise uh, response, Lord, at the right timing to be able to speak to the people that we need to speak to. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, at Exchange Church, every week we love to give people an opportunity to begin a relationship with Jesus. We believe that that is the whole purpose of having church, is to connect people to God. And so at Exchange, every week we give you an opportunity to start a relationship with Him. The Bible is very clear. It's a simple gospel message. The Bible says that Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago for our sin. Sin separates us from God. And when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, it's at that point we shall be saved. And so maybe you've been close to God in the past, now you find yourself distant, now you find yourself disconnected, and you wanna get back into a healthy relationship with him. Or maybe you've never begun a relationship with Christ and God's always been something that you believe is real, but you didn't realize that you could actually have through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, a personal relationship with him. This is good news. God speaks to his people. God speaks to his people through prayer, through scripture. God speaks to his people and we can have a relationship with him. So I'm gonna pray a prayer. If you're in those two groups where you say, I wanna come back into a relationship or I want to begin a relationship with Christ, I want you to say my words. I will pray a prayer, say them from your heart to God and know God will hear every single word that you say today. Dear God, I come to you today and I ask for your forgiveness for all the times that I've hurt you and all the times that I've hurt others. Holy Spirit, help me and guide me to live each day for you. And so from my heart, with my mouth, I confess you as Lord of my life, in Jesus' name, amen, fantastic. Well, if you prayed that prayer today, we wanna help encourage you, we wanna partner with you. We have fantastic community groups that are happening right across the week at Exchange Church. You can email us at hello at exchangecc.com and we will respond to you straight away. We'll get you that information and we wanna not just help you just have a moment like right now with God, but we wanna help you build a relationship with Him. And so that's where our community groups kick in and the church comes together and bees the family. And so other than that, we pray that you have a fantastic week and we will see you in church 
church next Sunday. And don't forget, on the 21st, we have our first in-person gathering for 2021, and it's going to be a fantastic time. I'm going to be preaching the word, and I'm excited, and I believe that God's going to do something unique and something special. In Jesus' name, have a fantastic week, and we shall see you next Sunday.